1: Millery Condon, hour number two. Welcome back. A lot of hawks and clones in this hour. We're going to hear from Mark Moorehouse coming up in about oh, 10, 12 minutes, somewhere around there. Mark will join us for what will be the final time as his uh, career is coming to an end at the Cedar Rapids Gazette to believe uh he wrote uh, you said Trent he wrote earlier this week, but uh Mark has been a, a good radio guest for a number of years. this will be his final appearance as he calls it a career. John Walters still got some work to do before he hangs it up and he'll join us uh towards the bottom uh, probably a little bit after that eleven forty or thereabouts for John Walters the voice of Iowa State uh he'll join us as we talk Hawks and clones in this hour a uh, big Ten basketball news from yesterday Trent to yep. Pat chambers the uh, resigned I guess there was another investigation on top of the razier Bolton stuff that mm-hmm. came out. Um when did that come out? Last well, it's been some time ago. Last summer, right? Is that what it was? Yeah. Um but he got through that and but apparently there's been more and uh, this investigation has caused Chambers, well, I think he's a pretty good basketball coach. Mm-hmm. Uh and done a nice job with that program. Um but he's he's no longer with that program. He is no he's um whatever he said and I don't think it's made, been made public yet uh, that was a bridge too far which leads me to Wichita I'm on that bridge okay how is uh, Greg Marshall still um, holding on to his gig now somebody reminded us when this came up a couple of weeks ago that the that, uh, pronounce it Coke right the yeah, Coke brothers, the Coke brothers yeah. there's only one brother now I think one of them died okay but nonetheless I mean, that's the arena it's named after mm-hmm. them uh, they are very I guess wealthy incredibly wealthy incredibly yes. wealthy how do they make their money you know of science of some type, no, no, but they're yeah. rich, they're yeah, loaded, they are. and apparently it was going to come down. That I mean, they're, I guess they're this that powerful that they could, you know, be the emperor, the thumbs up or the thumbs down, and he's still there, and it's not getting any better for him. I mean, now the his previous coaching stop, Winthrop, some of these uh, allegations are coming up, racial allegations, uh, the abuse. Um, I'm surprised he's still there, Trent. I mean, you usually these things start with a little trickle, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, more people start piping up, and it becomes a very untenable situation for the school. But so far, Marshall has survived. I'm surprised.
2: The Koch brothers, by the way, made their money in gas and oil. So uh-huh. that's that's where that money comes from. For Marshall, you wonder if it is the university just getting all their ducks in a row, we look at some of the past lawsuits and payoffs that have had, and of course we've had it happen here just in our state with what happened with Tracy Griesbaum mm-hmm. and the Jane Meyer situation. They're not exactly flush with cash at Wichita, even with the Koch brothers backing. And the Koch brothers backing also in that family money, well, they've seen a very successful coach. Yes. And and maybe they say How the hell with it. Yeah, I can't yeah, I don't well, we'll I, see. I'm w i am I guess what you're saying. We want to win, uh-huh. and we got to cut corners. We got a bad guy to do it.
1: We want to win. Mm-hmm. He does win basketball games, and but that at he what expense? Yes. At what cost? Right. Uh, so we'll see. Arizona is apparently going to get their um, penalties, mm-hmm. or the investigation is going to be made public today. Uh, so we'll see if Miller can survive there. Uh, he's <laughs> so far so good, right? The LSU, so far so good, uh, as I've said many times. Look, we'd be naive to think that this is not a major and has not been a major, major part of college basketball for decades. College sports. College sports. I think more so basketball, though. Am I naive? Yeah, you're naive. Is it? Am I? Yeah. Yeah. Because you get one guy who can change a basketball so much easier, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, than a football roster. But um, so we'll see. Uh, about that. Let's get back to where we started the program. Trent, the World Series is tied one a piece. We spent four or five minutes on this. Uh, For those of you just joining us in here in hour number two, a a fun game last night. A little bit of everything. Blake Snell was terrific uh, in the game. And as a, not a fan of either team, but a fan of the sport and a fan of the fall classic, as we both are, I think we're both rooting for a, a, a long series. Do you feel, after what we saw last night, that we're going to get one? I mean, look, these are the two best teams record-wise in baseball. Mm-hmm. Tampa had the best record in the American League. Dodgers ran away with the National League. I feel like these are the two best teams. I think that Tampa didn't get their due. They didn't. Because A, the payroll. Mm-hmm. B, you don't know five guys on Tampa. Yes. Or you don't know three guys on Tampa, for the most part. Uh, and everybody is, um, you know, for for the most part on the Dodgers. They're Huge contracts. They are some of the biggest names in the sport. We've seen them in the
2: postseason We've the last five, six, seven We've seen them in the past se- five, six, seven a years. Bunch. yep. Fair point. Been to the World Series now three the last four years. So even guys that are above average, mm-hmm. that you normally probably wouldn't know, you get to know those kind of guys. The, the Mark Lemke effect. Mark right. Lemke was terrible. Yeah. But everybody knew Mark Lemke. Because you know, he, he played had, for the Braves. He's played for the Braves, yeah. and he was in it every single year. Those kind of guys, and that's what the Dodgers are turning into. Even Mm -hmm. the guys that are deeper down the payroll, you know all these guys. It's not the case with the Rays. I'm still looking forward to what we get tomorrow night. Oh, the pitching matchup is as juicy as any, right? And we probably, I mean, outside of a cursory glance, are not going to get into it. No. Because it's a football Friday, and we will be heavily, heavily into the football coming up for the weekend. But, yeah, those two pitchers, Bueller against Morton, the numbers that both of them have put up this postseason coupled with just what kind of pitchers that they are. That's a really, really good matchup. I was just excited more than anything that we're going to get a series. Said yesterday, the Rays are not beating the Dodgers four out of five. No. And that's what they would have had to do if they no. would have lost last no. night. Just I can't envision a scenario where they'd be able to do this. Now, it's game on. Now, my wife's not a big baseball fan, but she asked me uh, yesterday, Why don't they just play one game? Well, That's not baseball. That's not not the way it's done. What is this, game seven yet? No, it's not game seven yet. This is game two. Ugh. And she rolls her eyes and and storms off into the other room. But then she asked me a question that actually got me thinking. How many times does a team win game one and ultimately win the World Series? What do you think that
1: number is? Percentage Uh, of the time. The team that wins game one wins the series. I will go... 65. 65. That's a good guess.
2: It is 62% of the time. A little lower than I thought. Mm-hmm. I was more in kind of the 68 to 70 range, but winning game one is not an automatic. Certainly we know that, but I thought that number would be just mm-hmm. a tick higher there. And then I said that, and that made her even more mad. Like, well, It's got to be like 80%, right? No, you're wrong. And uh, she storms into the, another room then, get further away from the TV and the baseball. That was on. I was so entertained, though, last night. I was, too. It was just... Yep. It's what a World Series game should be, a mm-hmm. little bit of everything, mm-hmm. some question marks. Snell, no hitter going for a while, yep. but certainly Passing wasn't perfect run. during that time. Yeah, he
1: walked four guys, but the strikeouts were there. I, mm-hmm. I thought he pitched well. Look, I'm just glad Tampa won last night. Now we've got a series, uh, and it's on. Mark Moorehouse is going to join us on Iowa. Hey, do you have you gone on record as to, as to what you think this this? Um, season-long record will be for a no I- did we do that before i know we did iowa state
2: we did yes do you
1: have that handy
2: yeah let's pull up iowa state you were at i was high on iowa state s- seven and i think i was seven and three i had yeah you had seven and three i had no. six and four yeah. Or Iowa State. We didn't officially put Iowa down. Should we do that at the end of the show today? Uh, we like to go on record, right? So we yes. can embarrass
1: ourselves. At the, although I'm feeling pretty good about my Iowa State forecast prognostication. Well, and you picked the Dodgers to win the World Series before yeah, the season. Yeah, but you know what? Everybody did, did That's that. That's true. Though. I can't take much You
2: remember your Super Bowl matchup? Yeah, I do not want to talk about it. <laughs> well, I'll talk about the AFC representatives okay, so far. Okay, all right. Now, I've got the Cowboys. Before the playoffs, you had Tampa against the Dodgers, too. Did I really? You did, yeah. I had that with the Dodgers. Veteran winning. talk show host. Look Trent at that uh, Super Bowl you had Kansas City? Uh huh. Against Dallas. <laughs> yeah, those Cowboys not so good. I had Kansas City, New Orleans. I'm not feeling. I'm feeling a little better than you.
1: Yeah, you know. Need what? to see more out of the Saints. I think this. I think Tennessee and, and Pittsburgh, from what we've seen yeah. so far, are going to have a major, major, major say uh, in how that goes. Look, we said kind of jokingly at the beginning of the show tonight, but kind of not. The, these two teams that are playing tonight. um, The Giants and the Eagles have two wins between them. There's playoff implications on this game. I mean, think about that. Two wins between them. Week 7, playoff implications tonight on Fox. Miller and Condon will be joined by Mark Morehouse next. You have the keywords, Trent Condon.
2: I do. Let's do that right now. Let's hand off $1,000, hopefully for some local winner. It's very easy. All you have to do, text the keyword HAPPY to two hundred, two hundred. Right now it's your chance to win a thousand dollars. Just text that keyword Happy right now to 200-200. It's your chance to win
0: $1,000. dollars We will get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest.
1: Uh, Mark Morehouse coming up next. John Walters in about 20 minutes or so. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.
0: We supply the sports. The beer is up to you. 1460 AM, 106.3 FM. This is KXNO, Illinois. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO.
1: Choice of songs, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, the voice of Iowa State coming up in about 20 minutes. Right now, Cedar Rapids Gazette was there for a long time, beat writer covered the Hawks. He's calling it a career. Uh, for the final time, he joins us on the radio, and he's been on the radio with us for a long time. We we're grateful to that, Mark Morehouse. How are you? Thank you for coming on to bid farewell to Central Iowa or... Are you bidding farewell to Central Iowa? How you been?
3: Uh I'm I'm good. I appreciate it, Ken. I'm I'm I don't have anything planned. I'm just uh today uh, I began the week watching the 6 million dollar man <laughs> uh, episode with uh, Andre the Giant on and and Lee Majors at some point during the show rips off uh, uh Andre's arm and I'm just I don't that didn't compute with me. Uh-huh. I'm going to write a letter to the producers, who are probably long dead.
1: For sure. Uh,
3: and, and then this morning I watched Fletch, and now I have Northwestern Iowa on. I can't remember from what year. Uh, maybe. Uh, oh, it was one of the bad ones. It's a Northwestern football classic. I'm sorry, Hawkeye mm-hmm. fans. This looks like uh, 20, whatever the heck year that Northwestern won uh, You know the West.
1: Well, you could always plug in one of the three cup clinchers and listen to Doc Emmerich, who, like you, is retiring. Um,
3: yeah, right. I saw that, and that's sad. That's one that fans will miss because, you know, he was, he was the man. And, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I, you know what? Uh, what, hockey just finished. They've got to, what, <laughs> two more weeks, and they've got to be in camp, right, Ken?
1: I wish that was the case, Mark, but it's sounding now like <laughs> February. I mean, it's really no, I pushed perspic- back. Oh, my
3: gosh. I believe it. I think they probably – do they have a labor thing they got to figure out probably? I
1: don't think this – I think they're good – Um who knows right who knows with labor and sports right. they seem to seemingly right. get in the way of each other well mark you've had a, a wonderful run there i guess uh, before we get into you know i mean i don't even know if you paid attention to this year's team what you think the record is going to be i know you're still writing as of uh, this week but so what was behind the move mark was it just time how long you've been thinking about it and uh, the world being the way it is did that have any factor in your decision to walk away when you are
3: no, no, not really. It's just um, you know, being a beat writer, it's like uh it's like dog aging like a dog every year is like seven years, <laughs> so really, I've been doing this job for twenty four times seven and <laughs> and it gets to be just the long hours uh the, the uh, you know twenty four years of the Gazette of uh, twelve to twenty hour Saturdays, you know thirty years of being a sports writer, which basically means your weekend is shot, mm-hmm. so uh, that, that just got to be really heavy. And, uh, the world, the way it's changed, no, that wasn't really a consideration at all. I, uh, uh, I have COVID in my mind, but it's, I, I've, I've been out. I, I, it, I, I'm pretty good at wearing a mask, but I sometimes just forget. But for the most part, that's really wasn't it. Uh, the summer stuff, not really. I mean, I would already decided by then. And so it didn't matter. We'd already bought a house in Galena before any of that stuff started. So, uh, yeah, this was just going to happen. I, I think I closed the computer after the Holiday Bowl and kind of thought, yeah, that felt pretty good. That was a lot of fun. Huh. Uh, my favorite city in the world, the Hawkeyes won a bowl game. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's going to be as cool anymore. And so, you know, I kind of we tried to just, you know, get somewhere where we're happy, somewhere where we're closer to our moms and and uh, let it, let it work out that way.
2: So, is the keyboard hung up forever, or is there still going to be writing jobs? Are you looking to be that independent contractor and getting a couple of freelance opportunities, or is it over and you're going to be, I don't know, swilling beer doing something like that?
3: Uh, I don't know. I probably won't be writing about sports. I, I just okay. the offers haven't come, and I'm not <laughs> really worried about that. But. Uh, um, I would like to write in some way, shape, or form. I don't know what, but uh, something that's fun for me. And if, it, and if it doesn't even go out the door or out of my computer screen, that's fine. Um, I, but yeah, there'll be some writing, I'm sure. And then uh, there's probably a lot of freelance type stuff, and um, uh, you know, some kind of fixed type of writing, just you know, spec type stuff, and just uh, hopefully enough to be able to. to Pay for this place in the woods.
1: <laughs> was there a was there one season, Mark, uh, that uh, was more fun to cover than the others? I mean, not that not necessarily winning a whole bunch of games makes that the most fun season. They can uh, they all have their uh, different characteristics. Was there one more so than than the others that was a more fun year to cover Iowa? Uh,
3: I I kind of married 2004 with 2009. Between those two years, how Iowa won and the fun that the fan base had and and just every week was white knuckle ride to the bitter end and somehow the hawkeyes found a way those two years were pretty amazing and then 2015 you know that was pretty cool too Mm -hmm. wish they would have won one or the other the big ten title game or the rose bowl but uh uh 12 and 0 is pretty spectacular um funnest year for me was kind of, it was probably 2001 when Behrens, you could tell he'd kind of turned the corner. I mean, they were playing great offensive line. Uh, the defense was starting to really have some teeth. It just didn't know how to win. And and, the, and the, that team would go and they would find ways to lose. I think at Iowa State, uh, there was an interception late, and then there were, uh, an Iowa State receiver caused a fumble on the interception and Iowa State won in 2001. So uh, that team couldn't get out of its own way, but then at the end uh Nate Caden kicks a field goal beats Mike Leach and uh the next year the Hawkeyes are should have been in the Rose Bowl but you know they were, they were in the Orange Bowl and went eight known the Big Ten for the first time in 80 years so it all kind of it all kind of pieced together there for that 2002-2001 uh, teams
2: as you look at this year's team maybe not as deep as you normally be at this time as you're uh moving away but with that, Mark, uh, you look at this Iowa team, the abbreviated schedule that they have in front of them. What are your expectations? What do you expect we're going to see on Iowa football here in 2020?
3: I think you'll see an interesting offense, that one that um, maybe doesn't plot along like it used to. Maybe maybe the Holiday Bowl was a, a way, a, a, a picture into what maybe was to come with Brian Ferencen at offense, at least this year. Um, have a lot of weapons, a lot of speed on the outside, more built differently than a lot of Iowa offenses. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that works. The defensive line scares the hell out of me. Uh, there's there's nobody, there's no A.J. Epineza. Uh, I love Davion Nixon. I think he can be a, a great player, a, kind of a focal guy. He's not been that yet. Uh, he's going to have to really show that. And I think there's real, I think if the defensive line is good, it's because Davion Nixon is taking control of it and is making plays.
1: Mark Morehouse, uh, formerly of the Cedar Rapids Gazette longtime beat writer uh, covering the Hawkeyes. Uh, Mark, was it, I like going down memory lane with you? Maybe it's my age, sure. but I love the memory lane stuff. Is there someone that you covered? Is there a is there a hawk that um, that you just missed on? That boy, this guy's going to have a long NFL career. I mean, he's an NFL player for sure. Was there was there is there one that pops up more than the others when it comes to that?
3: Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I, I, not really, because okay. you know you, you get in on the ground floor with a lot of these guys. Maybe like a guy like Brad. Blatt, um, sorry, Bradley Fletcher. Um, he doesn't really start his first couple of years in Iowa. Has one kick-ass year, and then all of a sudden, boom! You know, I didn't. I wouldn't have called Josh Jackson. Uh, man alive! Uh, left, I'm seeing him on Kinnick as a wide receiver, dropping an easy touchdown pass from. Uh, uh cj bethard i think and then in the almost the same exact spot of the field he makes that one handed mm-hmm. interception against uh ohio state so uh i would say those two guys you caught me with that question but uh, uh those two guys for sure josh jackson's career i mean that they've just appeared out of the mist mm-hmm. i don't know where he's gonna go in the nfl but uh man i'm glad he got paid and it's, it was a really cool thing because you guys don't know how cool nice a guy Josh, mm.
1: Josh is. Uh, how about the rivalry, the in-state rivalry, Mark Sihawk? Uh, how has it changed uh, since you started writing about it? Was that one of the highlights of the year for you? I mean, what did Sihawk certainly moves the needle radio wise, as I'm sure you can well imagine. Yeah. Here. Um but uh, here, right? Um, but where you're at, what does the rivalry mean on the eastern part of the state?
3: Well, I. I, I Covered 26, uh, I think it's 26 Iowa-Iowa State games. I covered Iowa-Iowa State back when I was at the uh, Telegraph Herald in the mid-'90s. And uh, how has it changed? Well, when I first started the beat, I was in the midst of a 15-game winning streak. So I've seen it completely change. And uh, the 1998 game was a watershed game, one of the most memorable games I've ever covered. I remember listening to McCartney, seeing the Hawk trophy for the first time, and sitting on the gross steps of... uh, Going to the upstairs visitor locker room when Kinnick's uh, lockers were on the east side under the east bleachers and listening to McCarney jaw with his players and seeing how beat up and horrible the trophy was. (laughs) Anyway, that whole day, was uh, I remember turning to uh, longtime Iowa S.I.D. Phil Hattie and making a joke, do you guys know where the trophy is? I'm not sure Phil did at that moment, so I think they had to do a little scrambling you know, after 15 years, you start to put that thing in a closet somewhere. Right. So that rivalry has changed 100%, 1 million percent completely, and it's. I think it's for the better. I think uh, if you're an island and you don't – in, in that rivalry and the fact that you have a state of 3 million people with two Division One or yep. two, two Power Five football programs in it, uh, I was such a kick-ass state that uh, – we can have that. So uh, college football is such an important thing, and, I, and it strokes somebody so much passion my way that you know I can never repay that.
2: Mark, I uh, can tell Jetto, you, by the way, you've been part of this for a long time. I don't know what it's going to be for you on Saturday with Purdue, but what are the parts that you are going to miss? What What are the parts of the job and the stories that you were able to unearth that you're going to be sitting there maybe some fall Saturday and say, "Boy, I really missed that part of it."
3: Um, getting the, the one-on-one interviews I would get, uh, and I only did maybe 10 of them, maybe, but I, I stole an idea from sports writer, Bud Withers, who was out in, uh, Seattle. He covered, uh, uh, the University of Washington a million years ago. Anyway, it feels like a million years ago. And he did this thing, home visits. He would just go to a football player, uh, a player's home and let him tell his story. Totally stole that idea and did maybe 10, went to 10 Hawkeye homes. You guys saw Tristan Worst last mm-hmm. fall. Uh, oh, Parker Hesse, uh, 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 Andrew, Adrian Claiborne, but we did that one in Iowa City because his mom was living with him in Iowa City. Uh, Bruce Nelson was the first one way back a long time ago in Emmitsburg. Uh, I got uh, Mike Klinkenborg after, the year after his, his father passed away after in the Syracuse game in uh, two thousand. Seven, I think. But anyway, uh, uh, those home visit stories were, you know, being able to sit down and really listen and get to know people. I am going to miss the hell out of those mm-hmm. because <laughs> I look at recruiting class and I and I start to think uh, candidates who would be really good at that. And man, it would have been fun to go meet Tyler Childers and his turn, or not Tyler Childers. I'm sorry, Spencer Petrus on mm-hmm. his turn.
1: Ter- uh, Mark Moorhouse uh, is with us for a few more minutes. Mark, uh, your favorite stop in the Big Ten and one you dreaded.
3: I loved Madison. Uh, Madison is a world-class city, in my opinion. It's awfully damn expensive, and they gouge the hell out of you on game day, just FYI. But Madison was always maybe my familiarity. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife went to school there for a while, and I we met at the Wisconsin Dells, and we went to Madison because it was the only cool place to go. <laughs> so, And I went there in high school a lot. So Madison I knew, and I just knew it like the back of my hand. Um, if you can get to state college, I, I vote yes on state college. Um, Michigan State, no reason to go. No reason to go. Do you like Buffalo Wild Wings? You can go to one of those here. <laughs> right. So Michigan State out uh, the Northwestern trip, awesome. I love trips, and I always uh, gave thumbs up to the Purdue trip just because it's 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 the Big Ten. It's the Big Ten road, yeah. the the rusty road of the Big Ten. I think uh, I, I seventy four. You just. You head east and you're going to a football stadium, I think it's kinda of cool. You're gonna find something cool on the road and uh West Lafayette's a fun, weird little town with a my only story from that town is uh Halas and I somehow ended up one night at a heavy metal karaoke bar and it was fabulous.
1: <laughs> um Obviously, uh, in your career, you've seen the wave become a part of the tradition um, uh, at home games at Kinnick Stadium. Sadly, uh, this year won't be quite as meaningful, just to the circumstances. Uh, But that has to be something that you'll remember, right? Just uh, how quickly that became such a big, big, important uh, factor in college football, tradition-wise.
3: Yeah, it's cool. I think it shows, uh, just FYI for the wave, for me, it was usually over before I knew it. I would always go to something, post something right after the first quarter, you know, like a stat or a picture of a stat or something I thought was interesting from the from the box on the on the uh, the stadium feed, and then I would look up. Oh, the wave! And, uh, a few times I waved. Uh, sometimes I forgot it or missed it, uh, but for the most part, um, uh, I think what the wave is is the earnestness of Hawkeye fans, and mm-hmm. I think that that's always drawn me. Uh, Hawkeye fans want good things. They want, uh, I think there's, it's a, it's a neighborly fan base, but it's a, it's also a fan base where it gets can uh, cantankerous. If they see something out of order, you know, if it's just something that it doesn't like or something that seems out of place, it goes crazy. But this, this was something that fit exactly perfectly to the Hawkeyes and, uh, the fans and, uh, they lead the, lead the big 10 in earnestness. And some people might look at that and think, uh, uh you think it's kind of rubish, but no, uh, to me, that's hard. I love it.
1: Indeed. Mark, uh, thank you for what you've done for, for both Trent and I and uh, other shows that I've been a part of. It means a lot that you're wi- always willing to come on and uh, and help us out. Best of luck in your retirement, man. We're going to miss reading you. We're going to miss speaking with you. going to miss uh, talking hockey when Trent allows me to have one or two minutes of uh, NHL conversation <laughs> with you. Uh, going to miss that, Mark. Thank you. Appreciate it. Best of luck in your retirement, man. Really mean that.
3: Well, uh, thank you very much, you guys, and thanks for having me on. Thanks for everything. I remember listening to Trent when he was in Cedar Falls. Oh. Long time uh, ago, I, I got in some he, hot water up there. Back. <laughs> we called. Well, uh, Halas and I. We were driving to, to Minneapolis once, uh, right around Thanksgiving. This was back when the old oh. days, when Minnesota was the last. And we called your show. <laughs> really? So, Just FYI. Really? What name <laughs> did you use? A, I cannot read. Oh no, were you? You were. Uh, uh, was it CT? No, it was, was TC. Was CT? No, it was TC CC. on Sports we, rap we, yeah. we, So we were CT. Okay, on rap Sports, <laughs> and you took the call. And mostly it was Halas, but I was kind of feeding them stuff. But it was funny, and you 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 handled us perfectly. It was a blast. <laughs> we knew we knew at the time that yeah, this guy's going to have a long career. Kind of showed us the door, so it all worked out pretty well. Not that's too
2: good. bad. That's I I, awesome. I would love to go into the archives and find that. I'll have to make a call up to Mr. Koloff up there and see if, <laughs> see if we can unearth uh, some audio from what sixteen, seventeen years ago. Oh,
1: wow, unbelievable.
3: Yeah, Mark, totally. good
1: to talk to you, pal.
3: Thank you guys. <laughs> have Thank fun. You guys so much. Take care. You yeah, bet. Enjoy. You're the same.
1: Thank you, Mark Morehouse. Uh, as he hangs it up, How what about a career! That? Yeah, that's pretty cool. He's a trying to. Pull the wool over your eyes. Yeah, it didn't work. Got those out of there right away. Uh, John Walters next. Went a little bit long. We'll get John right out of the next break. Miller and Condon with you until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 a In
2: West Des Moines.
1: Now right to John Walters. The voice of Iowa State joins us. Unbeaten in conference Iowa State on the road to take on Oklahoma State. They haven't played in a while. Uh, we'll see if that's a factor or not. Mm-hmm. John joins the program. John, Trent, and Ken. Uh, we went long with Mark Morehouse. We were going down memory lane. So apologies and thanks for being patient uh, as you waited uh, for Trent and I. Um, you know, speaking of memory lane, John, there's uh, Trent mentioned this early in the week that he gets a sense listening to and, and reading uh, some fans and people with the Iowa State that this is the biggest conference game since 2002. Um, now, Look, it feels big. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think it's huge. Uh, but would you say that, John? Yeah, maybe it's awfully early in the season to have one that
4: you'd call that. But when you you've never gone four and zero to start a conference season, then yeah, I, I suppose it did probably rank up there. It's it's the first time since two thousand two going down to Norman, Oklahoma, that Iowa State's been three and zero in league play heading into a game. So I guess that's the comparison. Uh, There's certainly been some big late season games that have had a lot on the line, but yeah, if you're talking about trying to win a conference championship, it's hard to frame one that's much bigger than this. And yet, as Matt Campbell reminded us earlier in the week, we're still just a third of the way (laughs) through the conference race. And as he worded it, everybody still controls their own destiny. So He's right about that. And uh, it is early to have a game of that magnitude, but certainly the winner of this game is going to be in a great position to get to Dallas and, Uh, and the loser is still going to be very much in the conversation, but you really strengthen your hold if you can win this one.
2: No doubt about it. A huge matchup here in an Oklahoma State team that feels different than most Gundy teams that we've seen in the past. They've been really good defensively. The quarterback position's been unsettled. Really hasn't been the offense that we normally anticipate. What looks different to you as you look across and you've been watching Oklahoma State in preparation here over the last couple of weeks?
4: It's so hard to judge, Trent, because uh, Spencer Sanders, who I think they were yeah. very high on coming into the season as their quarterback, only threw two passes before he got hurt, and he hasn't played since. So, you know, they put a true freshman in there and Shane Ellingworth after they experimented with a junior college quarterback, and Ellingworth uh, did a nice job and settled him down and, and was able to manage games, but uh, Sanders is more of a threat, especially to run the football on broken plays. That's what really scares you about him. He had 10 rushes last year, 20 yards or more, so... You know, If he gets in a scramble situation where you think you've got everything well defended, he can turn it into a positive for them. Uh, so it's hard to judge their offense, and same with their defense, because they haven't really played great offenses yet. Mm-hmm. So um, I do think they have a lot of veteran playmakers all over the field. And when I was sitting there putting together my, my chart for this game, it's like, yeah, I recognize that name, recognize that name, recognize that name. I mean, <laughs> for both sides, not even something the summer, These are two of the most experienced teams in the Big 12, and so it's not a surprise that they're in this position to be playing a game with these kind of stakes. And I think when you have two veteran, experienced teams that have been through it that are talented and well-coached You've got the recipe for a heck of a football game, and I think we're going to have one on Saturday.
1: I, I do too, John. Uh, let me ask about Chuba Hubbard. When you watch him, I mean, last year, I mean, if you're not named Troy Davis, it's tough to go back-to-back back years with the, with that many yards, right? Hubbard last year just under twenty-one hundred. John, not having the kind of success so far, and I know they love Brown, who's a dynamic runner in his own right. When you watch Hubbard, do you see a difference in him?
4: Yeah, he hasn't really hit as many home run plays as he did, and that's the thing that scares you, because you can think you're doing a pretty good job on him, and and I would look at last year's game with Iowa State and Oklahoma State as a great example of that. You think you're doing a pretty good job on him, you've got him bobbled up most of the day, and then all of a sudden, boom, he rattles off a 65-yarder and is in the end zone, and so he's got that ability, he's got that speed that he can turn any play into a home run play, and you know, he didn't play a lot in the second half against Kansas because they were blowing him out Mm -hmm. and... Um, you know, he's still still got very good numbers. I think we're going to see the two best running backs in the Big 12 with Shuba Hubbard and Brees Hall. And both teams are going to really be trying hard to establish the ground game. But I think Hubbard still has the denim to have the kind of games. But L.D. Brown's been really impressive. And so uh, they've got a couple guys back there that they know they can trust.
2: You mentioned Spencer Sanders earlier. How surprised would you be if he doesn't trot out there and take the first snaps of the game? And, and as, as long as he's effective, play the whole game.
4: Well, I think he'll probably play the whole game if he's effective. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if he didn't. Um, you know, he, he brings a different dynamic. You're going to rush the passer no matter what. And and Oklahoma State surrendered nine pass, uh, sacks this season in three games, so they've been a little bit vulnerable to that. But that's with Olingworth back there, who's a little bit more of a statue than, than Sanders. And so uh, Sanders has the ability to escape that pressure and make something happen. But I think he's still got to bring the pressure. I, I don't think he's going to be afraid to – to try to light him up a little bit because, you know, you can force him into a decision he doesn't want to make or a throw that comes a little bit earlier than he wants to make it into a tighter window than he wants. And you can maybe get a pick or two along the way, especially because like I say, he's only played a handful of snaps. So, you know, between the team having 21 days off and him only having played in week one, you know, how how long will it take Oklahoma state to find a good sink offensively in this game? It'll be something, Really interesting to watch early on.
1: Does this feel to you, John, that that, that this is going to be a Charlie Kohler-Chase Allen game, maybe? I mean, the matchups, I 6-6 mean, six, six and 6-7, six, so hard to cover, right? Uh, it, it seems like, I mean, this is probably, you can say this every Saturday, that Kohler and Allen with their size and throw Sainer in there as well. Such a huge matchup nightmare for opposing defenses.
4: Well, I think they are, and, and you know, especially with Tariq Milton, he's been sidelined. Yep. And- Hopefully, Iowa State gets him back this week. We'll see. But without him in there, they haven't had that home run threat that he brings. He had 14 catches last year, 20 yards or more. You'll you love having that guy on the perimeter that can go make those big plays. And they've gotten some of that from Xavier Hutchinson, um, and they're starting to get it from Landon Akers and a few other guys. But it, it's, you know, if you don't have that, you got to find something else. And so I think they've done a good job. The tight ends have been targeted more and more every week, and I think you know, hey, they're, they're the best position group in the country, if you ask me, uh, the collection of them. Why not take advantage of it? And you're right. It creates matchup nightmares for a defense. You can do things without substituting. You can line up differently, and it, the defense doesn't have a chance to match up with that. And so it really does create some problems. And I'm surprised more teams aren't doing it because it's made Iowa State uh, very diverse in what they can do offensively.
1: No doubt about it. John, does this feel to you like this, the winner of this football being Big Ten's known for scoring, right? No, a Big 12's known for scoring an offense. This feels to me like it's going to be a low-scoring football game. Maybe 27-21, 24-21. I, just, I, I think both of these defenses are really good, John, and I could see this being a low-scoring football game. The winner maybe not getting into the 30s. Is that crazy?
4: I think it is, yeah. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only basing it on the history of the series. Uh, The the games have been high-scoring. They've been very entertaining. They've been back and forth. I agree with you. These are two good defenses. But there's enough playmakers on the offensive side of the ball that I think both these teams are going to have some success offensively as well. Uh, Would I be stunned if it's a game in the 20s? No, but uh, I I think probably more in the mid-30s. I I think that's what we've come to expect when these two get together.
1: Uh, And last thing for you, you mentioned uh, Tariq Milton. Uh, Daniel Jackson, true freshman, Uh, they must like him, John, because he's playing awful early and doesn't look out of place. I mean, he's still learning his way around in in the offense in all likelihood. I think they've got something there in number 16. How about you?
4: I do, too, and it's an interesting story because it's a typical deal where, you know, he was very highly thought of, recruited by a lot of people, and then got hurt before his senior season, and some people dropped off. And Iowa State stuck with him, and they were thrilled that they did. They feel like he's a very talented football player and that they really hit the the jackpot by getting him. So I think over the course of the season, you're going to see him become more and more involved. And he's a guy that can take a short gain and turn it into a big play. And we haven't seen that yet. But uh, I, I think you will eventually see that from Daniel
1: Jackson. Yeah, I think they've got some. John, uh, thanks for uh, popping on giving us a few minutes on a uh, a pretty big game in Stillwater. 2.30 on Saturday afternoon. You'll be on the air at 12.30 on the Cyclone Radio Network, correct? That's when it kicks off? Yep, that's uh, Brent Bloom and yep. uh, Ben Brunswick. Started off at 12.30. Yep. Good stuff, John. Thank you. Appreciate it. Right. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. John Walters, the voice of Iowa State again. Uh, 12.30 on the bus. Uh, the game at 2.30, Emery and Heather, mm-hmm. the Cyclone sound off moves here to KXNO, and that gets underway at what, 7.30 did I see? I think, Is that what it was? I think 7.30, Emery and Heather uh, will be answering your calls, and um, on Iowa State, moving to 4 And conference. sound off returns hot uh, down the side. dial on
2: uh, on uh, WHO yes indeed with so right, Ross and Travis yeah right around the same time they'll be jumping on after the Learfield coverage finishes up over on WHO it's fun to have them both back yeah absolutely yeah we didn't want them playing at the exact same time but can't have everything beggars can't be choosers absolutely do All you right. want to uh make your prediction yeah, for Iowa
1: football I, i'm going to take the easy way i think they're 5 and 3 but it's how they're getting to 5 and 3 i think they beat wisconsin you do. I do. And you that's get nuts? I get it. Yes. Um,
2: you also thought that Iowa State's going to beat Kansas State this year. I called you nuts on that one. Yeah, but I also picked them to go 7 and
1: 3. 7 and 3. And I think I might yeah, the loser to Oklahoma change. and
2: Oklahoma State.
1: <laughs> Is that where those were my two losses that so I, had? I Beat them in Louisiana. Now, you didn't have to add that. Well, one, right? it happened. I, how about the
2: glossing over of that first game that we continually uh-huh. hear? I know. Make sure to put the caveat. If you're going to say they're undefeated, in big twelve play. Mm-hmm. That happened. We all mm-hmm. saw
1: it. And it did. And it was awful. Indeed it, it was. Uh who do you like tonight? And who what are you gonna do? Uh, I was for you five and three? Five and three. Yep. Losses to Minnesota, Penn State, Wisconsin. I've got him beating Wisconsin. I've got him falling to Purdue. Losing to Purdue. Week whoa, whoa, whoa. Losing week one whoa. winning the finale against Wisconsin. And then
2: they'll lose to Michigan in the
1: champions week game. That's what I have.
2: As, they'll you? play them in the Third or fourth place game. Uh, do you have an opinion tonight, real quick? We're love, running show. love, love the Giants. I do too. I love the Giants. I'm going to taste the money line a little bit. Uh-huh. We're going to be
1: playing around. Eagles are so banged up, and they get you get four and a half if you take the Giants. Anyways, we shall see. All right, um, Cyclone Fanatic Radio at six. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye Nation Radio back for the first time this season at seven. Uh, Murphy and Andy at two. Fanatics at four tomorrow morning. The morning rush will be here at six a.m. Fun show today. Uh, We're Miller and Condon. We take the 10 to noon slot Monday through Friday here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Have a great rest of your day.
0: Football is back. It's about damn time. We've got you covered from high school to the pros, the Hawkeyes, Cyclones, and more. Right here on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO.